I'm joined by Martin from the band Sea Power, who put on the Crankenhouse Micro Festival over the August bank holiday. How are you doing, Martin? Yeah, very well, thanks. Recovered now. Yes, yeah. well, it was quite full on, um, obviously, putting on the festival. And uh, it's the second time you put it on. So what are things that you learned from putting it on the first time that maybe made it easier for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, we got after the first one, um, which we just sort of cobbled together with um, basically we, we've got a lot of sort of skills between us. And I know a lot of people at a venue in Brighton, the Brighton Dome on the technical side. And obviously Muncaster have their own um, support team of, of staff. So we kind of cobbled the first one together and then we got loads of really great feedback from everyone after the first one and just tried to learn off that for this time. And, and again, we've got loads more feedback from this second festival so we're gonna gonna work on that and, and hopefully we can make it work again yeah and where did the idea for putting on a micro festival in the first place come from did you just decide one day do you know what i quite fancy putting on our own festival as opposed to traveling around the country for others well we've always put on gigs in far-flung places we played in like caves and in little churches on and in norway and we, we kind of like doing those it, to make an event of something um it sort of elevates it from your regular gig um and we did we've done like um a full day at a barn in sussex once and we did our own little festival in at the tan hill inn we, we, we might have done it twice actually where it was just a, a couple of days um in this pub in their back room and, and anyone could camp out outside and yeah, that was a lot of fun. And we've always wanted to do something similar and on a bigger scale because the, the pub one was like 150 people. So that's like even more micro. I think that might, might be the most micro festival you could get. Yeah. So, yeah, we've been looking for a while and, and finally found Muncaster, which seemed perfect. Well, it's in a fantastic location uh, out in the Western Lakes for those uh, not familiar with where Muncaster Castle is. Uh, if you are ever out there on your holiday, definitely worth a visit um, to explore it. And uh, yeah, I certainly enjoyed it when I took some time out from the festival to wander around yeah that that was part of it that we, we liked that you're like 15 minutes walk from the coast um and the village of Ravenglass as well which is so you've got two rivers leading into the estuary so it's really beautiful and there are a couple of wildlife trust dunes nearby um and then you've got the the Lalrati steam train which again is just in Ravenglass and that takes you out um, at the foot of all the mountains and it's easy to go for, for walks and there's some fans who they went up Scarfell Pike during the festival which is pretty incredible. Yeah well it's not too far from there either and um, no. was that part of the idea of doing like just more than the music because you ran a bird watching walk with the RSPB um, on one of the yeah. days and an organised trip on the steam train as well so was it all part of the plan to just always have other things going on as well to take advantage yeah definitely I mean so the name comes from a club night that we had in Brighton and that was once a month and we tried to do as, as much varied things there so it wasn't just about the music we had brass bands playing and uh, raffles and we had Sean Keaveney we had lots of people come and DJ but Sean Keaveney tried to sing the old creatures great and small theme tune with lyrics that he'd made up but when he got to do it, he realised that they were playing it much higher than he could sing. But um, it was pretty funny. 
yeah, that's an issue everyone has at karaoke when they start a bit too yeah, hard. Yeah. They can't really go any higher than that. And you mentioned Sean Keevney, who, of course, until recently was on Radio 6 Music, and Chris Hawkins yeah. was there comparing some of the acts, and um, Mark Riley um, unfortunately broke down. But um, how was the link with 6 Music helped you guys with the uh, with the festival and promoting it? Yeah, great. We've always kind of... We started out at the inception of Six Music, really. So we've been on the journey together, really. And, you know, we've known a lot of the DJs there as we've gone. So, yeah, we asked Sean if he could do it this year, actually. But, um, yeah, he was, he was on holiday. So hopefully if we do it again, we can get Sean. And, and we, we asked them, you know, about bands as well. We, we're in contact with Mark Riley all the time. Every time we go on tour, it's like we ask him if there's who he recommends for support. Yeah, well, there were a lot of Mark Riley favourites on the lineup. Uh, Bug Club come to mind quite quickly. Pale Blue Eyes, and I've gotten a lot of uh, spins on his show as well. Yeah. So, was that kind of how you started creating the basis of the lineup, or was it um, looking at who was available that weekend? Um, so we have on our club nights, we've we've always sort of gone slightly left field bands. We've had Savages, and we had Public Service Broadcasting when they were a two piece. So just to keep an eye out for, you know, very much fans of music. Yeah, we, we create, curate um, pretty much most of it. And then we, we'll ask the Quietus, um, who are friends of ours, and, you know, and Mark Riley and friends, just to fill in the gaps. Because, you, you know, you can only have a couple of headliners, so sort of two big acts, and then you've got to sort of scale it down throughout the day, like budget-wise as well. So, so where you struggle to find some people, then, you know, you've always got really handy people to to tip you off yeah and of course uh some of the gaps uh you filled yourself with sea power um with <laughs> yeah. uh, you playing well three sets had sea power and a couple of you getting involved on the sunday night as well with the uh, velvet underground thing so where did the idea for three sets in the weekend come from well because it's largely our fan base that come especially to the first one it, it's just a kind of well a budget wise letters that we for the first one we couldn't really afford to you know we weren't sure of, of the costing so that made sense for us to play but also it means that rather than just a regular set that we do we can delve into b-sides and and you know do a few more special sets which fans really appreciate and we, we can't do that very often so yeah it's a nice thing to do for us and for them yeah yeah so did you enjoy picking up those songs again that uh, don't usually get outings on the regular tours yeah, definitely. Yeah, really lovely to to go back to those. And, you know, it would be nice to tour a set of, of slower songs. We've considered it before. Maybe we will. Nice. Yeah. Heard it here first. Uh, Gentle Rarities, Sea Power Tour coming very soon, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, obviously you've been travelling around over the summer playing other festivals. I know you uh, stood in um, at Latitude and uh, special guests at Blue Dot as well. So how did um, playing your own festival in a barn to 800 people in uh, Cumbria compared to doing some of these other large festivals around the country. Yeah, I mean, those those festivals are great and to play in front of, you know, such big crowds is, is great and it's um, it's a whole different kettle of fish, really. But when, you, when you're playing to your home crowd as it, as it is and also, you know, you're all on a weekend away together, it's um, that's a much more special occasion and everyone feeds off each other. Yeah, nothing quite like that. Yeah, is that connection with the fans why you keep coming back to Crankenhouse and presumably want to continue it going forward as well? Yeah, yeah, maybe we like each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. 
yeah, amazing. But um, yeah, so if um, you were putting on Krankenhaus and budget wasn't a factor and every uh-huh. man that you would ever speak to was more than happy to come to a barn in the Western Lakes, who would you ideally pick for a, for a dream lineup? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, Julian Cope would be a good one to have. We've been trying to get him. Um, Neil Young, Kate Bush, Radiohead. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of ones which we which we've approached as for the for the last two we've done as well, which would be great. Um, like Kate Lebon is is another one which we we hope to get, and we hope to get Gweno as well this time. And and to make sure you know it's a, a good balance of men and women. Really, we don't want it to be yeah. Uh, just all blokes. I think this time we struggled a bit just from availability, but that's what, something that we, we try our best with. Yeah, and with the availability thing, is that possibly due to it being on bank holiday um, at the end of August when there's tons of other festivals happening at the same time as well? A bit, yeah. There's you know, People are tied up and you've got either side of ours, you've got Green Man and End of the Road Festival, which is the, the kind of music which we hope to, to get in. You know, there are other ones which, you know, Reading and Leeds, that doesn't really affect us. I don't think there's many um, much crossover there. But yeah, we, we try and get bands who do play End of the Road and Green Man. I'm always looking around and at Royal Power, we saw that, you know, pigs were playing there. So that was great to to see that and, and see to play our festival like the, the day before. Yeah. And with the bands that were there, who were, who were your own highlights? Were, were they the headliners, the bands that were a bit more eclectic? I did really enjoy some I hadn't seen before, like Bedroom and Pigs. So just seeing them for the first time, that was great. And the umlauts on that day. Um, Haiku Salute were, were brilliant. And Richard Dawson, this is the kit. And Beak, to end it, they, they were incredible. I think possibly my favourite. Yeah, well, Beak were um, a last minute uh, change to the lineup because, of course, with the uh, news that Lowe, unfortunately, couldn't perform any of their gigs uh, due to Mimi's uh, condition. Uh, yeah, so really wish her well with her recovery. Um, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so were Beak always a standby? We tried to get Beak in. We'd approach them and, and initially that they we couldn't afford them. And they just kept coming back and saying, oh, we love this the idea of this festival and loads of bands that we like are playing it. So they just kept coming back and reducing the fee. But we were just at a point where we'd completely maxed out all our uh, band budgets, and, but we really wanted them on. So they were always standing by in the wings. So yeah, it, it, we were just, we were lucky. The beer band would definitely have them again. It's great to get low another time. Yeah, um, well, um, yeah, fortunately they were there and uh, yeah, really good set from them on, on the Monday. And uh, you mentioned sort of like the budgets with um, getting bands and everything, but with the catering, was that also something that ended up putting a bit of a strain on the event as well? Yeah, a bit. That was... Because people that we used last time, were when we approached them again, they were already booked. I think, yeah, the bank holiday weekend, that was quite tough. And and a lot of food vendors were spread around the country or like Solfest and other places. So, yeah, we, ideally we would have had one more and we didn't realise that the pizza wagon would sell out so quick every day. <laughs> I, I didn't get one pizza for the whole weekend. Fortunately, the ice cream people started, were doing hot dogs, which was uh, lucky for us. And then Muncaster got a local fella in to do uh, to do some sort of grill thing, but yeah, uh, I thought the Honest Supper Club were, were brilliant. They had vegan burgers and all the, all the options they had there, and also we had the cafe uh, ran until five every day, so we, that was a blessing as well. But yeah, we would hope to get at least one or two more vendors next time. I think. 
Yeah, and the other amazing thing was that it all seemed very reasonably priced for festival food. Everyone goes expecting to get a bit ripped off. I went to a festival earlier in the summer where yeah. £6.80 for a pint of Carlsberg. So I think it's just refreshing. Yeah, we we, we know that it's our fans and we, we want to give them a, a good experience and don't want to rip them off. So um, I, I get we, we found it hard this time for, with the bar. Um, we wanted to say what they sold on there, but... Um, that proved quite difficult with with them, um, but next time we hope that we can have more ales, more craft beers, the stuff that our fans like really, and keep the prices low. And that all adds to the appeal of it, and obviously word will spread that you know, oh wow, there's this boutique festival that happens every year, and it's all reasonably priced, and the music's great. So, how do you scale up or think about plans for the future when you're quite limited by the size of the site that you've got to work with? Yeah, I think there is a license for a thousand in that barn. So realistically, in that format, we can only go up to there. But that's, uh, I think, at least 200 more people we can get in. Um, we need to increase a bit of stuff in here and there. Uh, yeah, in terms of, you know, um, security and stewards. And even in the technical team, we need at least one or two people. So And even having a fee for CPO, because obviously we haven't taken anything out of it, realistically we should take something out of it it's it is a labor of love but we'd be stupid not to yeah definitely um <laughs> yeah well you've done three sets and a bit more over the whole whole weekend so i think yeah definitely getting something out of it is worth yeah. it and um you guys are back out on tour next month um how, how are, yeah how's prep going for that um yeah we're just sort of turning our heads towards it um yeah we've got we'll have we've got rehearsals all sorted so it'll probably be like a continuation of the april tour a lot of new album stuff so yeah pretty similar to that set and um, we've got a couple of festivals in that run as well so yeah it should be good we're hoping to get some of the previous cranking house festival bands along with us as well it's nice to to meet up again and make it almost like a mini cranking house tour yeah sounds like a great time coming up yeah well uh thanks very much for your time uh, this afternoon martin that's great. all right